Hi everyone, this is Georgiana and you're listening to Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. And today I'm super happy to be talking to someone who works in one of my favorite companies, Zalando. And this person is Inara Ioannetis, I hope I pronounced your name correctly, who is Employer Branding Lead at Zalando. Welcome Inara and thank you for accepting my invitation. Hi Georgiana, hi everyone. Please tell me, because I'm sure everyone wants to know what an employer branding lead in a big company does. Please tell me, what, what do you do on a daily basis? What is your role about? Um, I specifically lead the employer brand communications team. So we are responsible for setting the strategy of the brand, uh, for developing employee value proposition and related campaigning. Uh, we also perform market research, observe the trends, and kind of get uh, all of the external material uh, thinking to deploy uh, later on in uh, what we activate for the brand. Um, on a daily basis, that's a good question. Um, normally, it's a mix of uh, writing, uh, doing presentations, connecting with teams, mm -hmm. because I'm I have a big project right now, so I'm probably talking to the entire population of the company up to senior vice presidents and management board. Um, so, yeah, writing, communicating uh, uh, both in written form, but also to the people around me, um, validating some of the things, uh, connecting to different projects that are running in the company um, that might have, you know, uh, an impact on uh, what we are doing. Um, I have a team, so also some operational work, um, checking in on the things that are happening mm -hmm. and um, connecting with external partners. So I would say it's a very communicative work. Probably that's why it's called employer brand communication. Yeah. But uh, a lot of things all together, a lot of projects and um, um kind of longer timeline for what we deliver allows us to be very thorough in this communication before we complete anything. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is, this is quite a lot. And I think it's at the intersection of so many departments and so many areas. So what, what would you say is your favorite part about this job? That is a very good question. I think because communication is such a uh, not physically felt uh, thing. Uh, for me, uh, I like uh, observing and feeling uh, things working out. So that might be uh, a proposal, it might be a campaign. Um, I do uh, like making things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much uh, results-driven professional, so I like uh, really bringing a value uh, with what I do, but also mm -hmm. having an impact meaningful on uh, people around me by just, you know, if we learn something together, if we fail together, that's also actually a very productive in a way situation. Mm -hmm. But if I am to um, outline it in one sort of um, aspect, that would be um, basically delivering, uh, delivering milestones when it comes to the project, delivering some communication materials and seeing that people get inspired from what we do because we are responsible for building this emotional link with uh, Zalanda as an employer. Um, so yeah, a lot of things, but um, a sense of uh, compassion and a sense of uh, 
success along the journey. I think these are the two things that I uh, luckily on a daily basis can have for my role. And that's uh, also why I enjoy it very much. Well, you know, Zalando really comes off as a, as a very, very nice company. And I'm sure it's a really nice environment to to be in. Like I told you before we started, I am a super happy customer and I really like everything that I see about it. But I come from a startup and um, I, I know that you worked for, for com- companies such as uh, PricewaterhouseCooper or Unilever, so corporations. And how... How would you see the difference between employer branding in a startup and employer branding in in a corporation? Is it the same thing? Does it really translate into different activities? If so, how? Um, Yeah, you're right. I think I represent that mixed breed because I, uh, first of all, I was always making this choice consciously and mainly for professional reasons. Unilever was... A very good brand, very strong brand. I'm super like, I love the company. It, it's been my alma mater in a way. Mm-hmm. But the industry itself, and that's where I worked in Moscow, was super low in terms of attractiveness. So that was one sort of challenge. When I joined PwC, it was a very popular industry. It was hugely known on the market. But the brand itself was uh, established to an extent that you couldn't do that much with it. So I would say Zalando is a uh, a uh, combination of both of the approaches because I uh, enjoy the flexibility of it. Uh, I also would like to, you know, highlight we're 14,000 people. We're no longer a small yeah. group of founders um, mm-hmm. basically, you know, going right, left, south, east and all that. Um, I think the intention um, behind um, employer brand is the same. It's just, uh, I think, in the smaller companies, the understanding is a bit different of the methodology of what employer brand is, how we should do that, and that kind of has an impact of what physically is a tactic or a strategy behind that. Um, but the energy behind it, um, I, I mean, I saw people in small companies delivering great things just because they could experiment, they were enjoying that, and they were seeing this as an emotional sort of link with the audience, which I very much relate to, uh, because I also have market research background and I'm a marketer in my head. Um, however, I also will not say that corporates are all rigid and stiff, because um, when you have a brand that is uh, sort of multi-plate, multi-layered in the entire world, you have to have some sort of canvas fixed. Otherwise, you're basically uh, diluting your brand or maybe damaging your brand. But all in all, people make the brand, people work with the brand, people relate to the brand. So I think we as people have the same intention, but the way we do with the complexity behind it, the flexibility, uh, I would say this all depends on the business strategy of each company and that all makes sense given all set of um, things that are happening and intentions and uh, I would say kind of business vision for each company. So I've, I've seen different uh Approaches, mm-hmm. they all work for this specific company. Um, and I wouldn't say like one is better or one is worse. It all depends on how you make the choice, what's important for you when you join a company as an employer brand uh, professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I suppose, I mean, I'm sure there are cultural differences between companies in, in Russia or Romania and companies in Germany. 
um, and actually between the two countries, not not the companies. Would you say employer branding is universal, or it just you know applies differently regarding de- depending on the culture it appears in? I think employer branding is such an integral thing that um, it, it it is. Uh, different, but uh, but uh, same at the same time. That makes sense because uh, the audience is different. And I would say uh, Russian market. I actually work with CIS, so I was working with uh, companies that were former USSR countries mm-hmm. and uh, European experience and even American outlook on um, how you would do employer brand for your specific target audience and what they need is very different. However. You still will do uh, university relations if your strategy is around uh, recent graduates. You will still consider uh, social media because it's such a universal channel for communicating with your talent. So I think actually given the last very interesting year with pandemic, it sort of united all of us in life and that life is now the sort of being um, uh, of uh, kind of uh, all of the companies because we need to get into people homes through this communication. We're no longer, you know, even the work itself is being uh, very different from what work used to be before. So I think in a way, the unification trends are emerging. I'm very curious to see how it will play out. And I'm personally very much excited how we can, and we have some projects looking into this on a company-wide level, but I would say um, differences do exist. Um, and normally when we were looking, for example, in drivers of attractiveness, uh, Russia was always looking into stability, uh, high future earnings, uh, all of the things, you know, for myself. And when you look into the European market, I think the trend of how can I help the other is like stronger um, and that's like worlds apart. That still there is a gap there, but like I said, like every market has its own um, aspiration, its own uh, complications. So that's the only thing you kind of twist. But um, in a couple of years, I'm sure it will even be diminished a little bit. But I, of course, hope that uh, pandemic will go away and we get to uh, something normal. But it's going to be a new normal. So in that sense, that's, sure. that's something uh, that's going to be different. Yes, and I'm I'm sure the the role of employer branding is going to take entirely new proportions after this pandemic, or it already has during the pandemic. And tell me, Inara, what's the hardest thing you've had to do in your career so far? Um, you mean professionally or mm-hmm. personally or altogether? Well, maybe both. Yeah, why not? That's a good question because I always concentrate on making things happen. I don't even have the outlook that it was actually a difficult thing. Like for me, you know, I will get there no matter what. So I'm I'm not even associating that with actual difficulties if it was a difficult thing. But I think, uh, since I mentioned Unilever, um, when I was basically promoted that role internally there was a huge huge importance for the company still is because the ambition is there and ambition is very bold uh, for how they are positioned as employers Um, it was six years ago so the market was like wondering how to communicate with talent because we had the um, Zets coming in um, in uh, Generation Y was already very much uh, a solid uh, proportion of your workforce or workforce to be. 
And uh, companies who adopted, um, I would say, the mentality of a new generation were actually, in, 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 in years later, were more successful. And I think that was difficult to um, tie in all of the new things happening, like new channels, new uh, drivers of attractiveness. Uh, Russia is a huge economy. We had numerous factories. Uh, I mean, uh, like I was working with a team. I had like around 20 people spread out across the country. Um, and then also maintaining the ambition and, I mean, uh, full transparency pressure <laughs> to deliver with so many things changing all the way. But I think the, um, the curiosity that I naturally possess when I work with people, I'm curious about people, and that helps me get them along the journey, but also not be stuck in this kind of, I am, you know, employee, branding professional, da, da, da. I'm like with them, I'm with my audience, I feel them, they feel me. So uh, eventually we um, changed the approach, we delivered a whole new portfolio, we started doing this big uh, countrywide uh, student cases, uh, championships, all of that. And that proved to be successful. It was just difficult because I think we were one of the first in the market who were doing that, and that was 2000. 14 even, that was a difficult uh, ideation process. But again, uh, I think we had everything in place. In some things we tried and failed, but in some things we definitely excelled and that sort of failure was channeled into knowledge uh, that helped us uh, get to where we wanted to be. Super, nice. And congratulations for all the, the things that, that you've been doing. Um, not only with Zalando, but if you were to think of a nice, nice project that you worked on for Zalando, your favorite project, what would that be? I think I have this project right now, and that's the project that triggered my interest to basically have this um, opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on employability proposition, also uh, given the work that we're doing on rethinking the formats of work, rethinking uh, how to, you know, um, how the culture change, how we should. Um, because we are very much a people-centric company, how we should you know, bring it to the next level, how we will deploy the mission around the, even how we work with our partners. So all of this uh, makes this project not only an employer brand project, but an integrated company-wide project. It's a conversation that I think at this level hasn't happened before for various reasons. I also think when you have a healthy consumer brand one way or the other, you get to the employer brand a little bit yeah. later on the journey. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that was a sort of positive thing that pandemic prompted because uh, it was like before and after. And this is the first year that I see employer brand as important and as valuable uh, as consumer brand because normally people would always kind of lean towards consumer brand, but now the behavior changed. Mm -hmm. It's actually how you are performing as a, human brand is even more important than, okay, whether I will buy off this website, whether I would, you know, buy this and that product. So there's a lot of this kind of insights all wrapped in this project. Um, we are halfway, uh, but very successfully delivering what we wanted to have. And it's, it's a journey every day because there's so many things you realize by just looking at the messaging, working with consultants, also listening to what is happening on the market. So I'd say by no doubt, this is my favorite project also, given the entire career that I had in employer branding, because mm -hmm. I have 
full flexibility, full scope of uh, making an impact with this work on the entire company, but also, I mean, staying connected to all of the people and everything that other teams are also working on, which I think is an exciting kind of community project in a way. <laughs> yeah. so the sense of us all uh, getting united around that is very personally exciting uh, for me. So that mm-hmm. would be it. Okay. And given this very um, intense care for people, this people centricity in, in Zalando, does this company need to, to fight for people to come work there? Is there any competition to be dealing with or not really? I think the fight itself as a mentality is not in our nature at all. I think Zalando is an example of the company that embraces support for the competition because at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing. If you help the industry, others will follow. So it's something that is not egoistic. We, we even have that in our cultural principles that put your ego second. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. fascinating, especially after I worked in uh, another consulting company that I'm not going to mention uh, again, where it's totally different. It's totally the opposite. And that's why I will never be back in uh, consulting and everything related was just gaining more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we do and how we see the competition uh, is basically we're happy that uh, companies are exploring their way. I think we, we ourselves have our way. And because um, we are so, I mean, we're in, uh, we operate in so many different uh, industries that uh, you either embrace the position, you kind of fight against uh, all of that basically competitors, or you move the talent market uh, by basically being part of it and just, you know, staying true to yourself, staying true to your values and uh, being open and um, just, you know, being yourself. So I think we are the exactly the option of uh, sticking true to our values and principles. Uh, numerous examples of how we were in pandemic helping our partners uh, who could not, for example, physically be selling um, brands or clothes yeah. or anything. And we want to continue that. Uh, we want to gain through sharing, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that to just use fancy words. This is exactly how we are organized. I mean, yes, we're a big company and we need a lot of people uh, because we're, we're uh, continuously investing in new businesses and, um, I would say, new opportunities. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, people might come, but if you're not true to yourself, people will leave. So I don't even see, I mean, it's 2021, so being that uh, sort of a fighter, I think that's a, that's a paradigm that a long time ago died and mm-hmm. uh, the companies uh, who embraced uh, a different thinking, they're definitely going to be winning without the need to fight. For sure. So at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's a different approach. But we're um, happy about all the companies thriving. Um, and um, I do not believe that employer brands just copy-paste of whatever other companies is doing. I think I want us to stand out and be different. And we have that in our culture that is making us different. And we're just going our way. And we will get where, again, we want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I, I ask all of my guests for a book recommendation that they found interesting. Some of them recommend business books, some of them recommend human resources, company culture topics. 
What would you say is a nice book, a book that you would recommend that you read recently or, I don't know, not recently? Um, I think I have two books here because mm -hmm. if you ask me what is on my table at home, uh, what I, uh, I, because I like to read when I'm traveling, it just makes it a bit kind of deeper concentration. It's almost like you're immersed into different reality. The last book that I'm reading is uh, from the founder of Nike Company. It is in Russian, so uh, I don't remember what's that. Uh, is it the made. shoe dog? Yes, yeah. exactly. I've that been one, to, uh, to read that one for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one that I brought uh, from my last trip to Moscow. Um, and another one that is laying on my sort of work area is um, Culture Maps by Erin Meyer. We had a training internally. And I just got so curious about that, especially. I mean, there's so many myths, uh, myths, uh, yeah. uh, some are true about the Russians. I was like, okay, wait a minute, I need to have a look <laughs> I have there. To look at that. Um, yeah, and uh, it was. I think it's an amazing piece of work. It's so relevant to the environment that I'm working in because there's so many people mm -hmm. on any given day. Uh, it's almost like I'm traveling from one country to another because I am. I feel privileged to work with so many cultures in one company, in one place. Um, so I would particularly people who are interested in developing a sort of cultural, multicultural savvy. It's an amazing book. It's very practical. She also has some of our YouTube videos if you need to just get a sense of what uh, the book is about. But highly recommend because I found it extremely, extremely insightful. Super. I have uh, stuff to add to my reading list. I, I learn a lot from, from these podcasts and from my guests, and I'm super grateful to, to be able to do this. And now we are at our last question, Inara. Maybe you can um, think of an employer branding myth that you would like to debunk. Good question. Um, I think the myth that I've came across and was even kind of trying out myself to see if it's reality or not. Working for the highly known, successful, popular, or established brands is not always as challenging as it might, you know, uh, look from the outside. Like, for example, I will never work for Google because there's nothing to do. And I think in a way, uh, it just doesn't exist in Google. Like employer brand does not exist because they're so uh, automatically, you know, getting people in. Um, and yeah, I think from the comparison of the kind of more colder, intellectual, highly, highly rigid in terms of flexibility brands and maybe more vibrant, establishing, not ideal, I would go for the second. Mm -hmm. Even though the, the role of employer brands to channel, we're great, we're so successful and all that, and some brands by establishing that actually kind of stopped being real, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so, I see what um, I think I'm a, I'm a living example of trying this out myself, and I think uh, I made my choice. That's why I'm in this company doing what I'm doing. But I also totally understand why people work for uh, established brands for years and years. Um, I think it's a, it's a kind of personal choice mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, you're either part of this or part of a different uh, environment. But like I said, I know where I am and I, uh, 
I'm very much uh, happy about the choice that I made a couple of years ago when I relocated for this role to the company that I had no idea about because I did not know Zalando was so big in Germany. Mm-hmm. But I sense I felt through the people, through um, what I saw, and I, again, my intuition at that time channeled into the knowledge that I have right now and into uh, the state of mind where I'm uh, happy to be where I am. And I literally don't have any regrets uh, by working with this brand also as a professional because you have to love the brand you're working with. Otherwise, I don't think like I, you're sure. doing it just for being employed in money. I think that's yeah. a, that's a worst case scenario, at least for me. Okay. Thank you so much, Inara, for your time. This was really nice. And uh, I wish you good luck in your role. And uh, yeah, I hope to to hear the good things that I've heard about Zalando so far in the years to come. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tartana. And yeah, we will neglect, but we will get there. Thank you for listening to the Inside Podcast. You can find our podcast on Spotify and on Apple Music. And if you want to read more on employer branding or digital marketing content in general, go to BeagleCat.com or EmployerBranding.tech. See you next time. Bye.